and welcome to the Dan and Sons Podcast. We are back. I'm in a room where I don't have to be quieted. And it's great because you're, you're going to be stuck in there forever. So. Yeah, 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 it's great. It's Perfect all timing. I got to work. Right? <laughs> I got no time for quarantine. Right? <laughs> you, it, this is a real problem. Don't, don't you guys find it funny that we didn't take a break, but we were a bit late. And between the last episode and now... I mean, the world kind of has ended. The world didn't end. Look at this. We're still talking on Skype through the internet about video game bullshit. Doesn't that say something about this day and age that we live in? (laughs) Lesser than the situation. This is the Corona episode. Welcome. Yeah. Everyone crack a a Corona. Let's hope we only have one Corona episode. We should have bought Corona beers for this. Yeah. Well, this is also like the third week in a row we're talking about major video game events getting canceled because of the coronavirus. So really, this is is like the third Corona episode in my mind from... From like having to write these outlines and stuff, it's it's been popping up for a few weeks now, guys. I agree because I live in Japan, so we were like next in line after China, but we seem to have supposedly got our shit together. Although I do not believe the Japanese government for one minute. Uh, but you guys, oh boy, you guys, you guys, you Americans. So I'm hearing a lot about a term called social distancing that sounds absolutely like the most 21st century NPR friendly way of of telling people to stay the hell away from each other. And I didn't hear about it until a day after I had some friends over to play some VR games together and in 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 which I did make sure to have some disinfectant wipes around to wipe say, the headset off. What better way to survive the pandemic than sharing a headset. <laughs> but I I honestly doubt any kind of disinfectant wipe I would have given that thing would have protected us anyway. At least in that case, it was with people who are also like shut in gamer yes, nerd types. Wait, yes, it would. First off, yes, it would. Before anybody says anything, soap and bacterial wipes do kill the coronavirus. And that is part of the problem. People aren't fucking washing their hands because they think, oh, no, this is some ridiculously crazy super virus we'll never get rid of. Just wash your hands. I, I, I washed my hands. It's, it's the VR headset that I think has so many more nooks and crannies than someone's uh, head, hands for, for germs to hide it. You know, those poo particles, they can just float in the air and get lodged ooh, into yummy. all sorts of, of, of little holes. A VR headset has many, many little, <laughs> so, so George, little spots to, to, in it. To revisit an old classic, when you're playing the Switch on the pooper, uh, would you rather have fecal particles or corona particles now? Oh, absolutely fecal. You know, those those don't kill your grandma, you know? Nom, 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 nom. <laughs> can't, hug, can't hug grandma can't hurt grandma <laughs> feel free to like poop around grandma kids just don't sneeze around grandma these yeah he, considering the actual state many people's grandmas are in right now let's 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 move on to uh there's no way we can move on from this it's permeating so many single topics i'm seeing here on the, on the outline all right i mean it's crashed almost every industry in the world let alone video games and movies. Everything. Tourism, well, the hope. airplanes, sports. The Fed is trying their hardest to keep the market from crashing. It is insane. They are revealing to the world that they can just write in a different number on the nation's balance sheet and it's fine. They just added a zero or Can you guys ever remember, and I, I can't, 
what SARS or the swine flu or MERS, even Ebola was like, or any time in our life where there has been a global crisis where every single person you know or anybody you ever spoke to would be like, I remember that time. We, uh, we were, we were hoarding toilet roll underneath the floorboards. I, I think it's because in previous incidents, uh, at least in America, the, the government officials were well-funded enough to follow a procedure by the book and keep the like two guys who had Ebola in a tent under lockdown for two weeks, and it it went away more or less fairly unremarkably. Because they killed them, right? I'm sure they're fine. <laughs> no no one remembers what happens. Like, oh yeah, quarantine. I mean, it's not the government that kills these. It's Ebola. Anyways. <laughs> Anyways, what have you Anyways. been doing? <laughs> it feels so bad to talk about this as, as a nerdy shut-in gamer type because this is my natural state yeah, this anyway. is basically what you're an expert in. Why is not? Why does NBSC or whatever it's called or CNN? Why have they not had you on yet? Why have they not had you to talk and give advice about what the fuck residential is- nerdy, <laughs> nerdy gamer? And, and now we cut we cut live to Super Bunny Hop in the same position he's been in for the past ten years. <laughs> so you guys have seen that 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 Steve Brule sketch from from Adult Swim's Tim and Eric show where he's like. If you live at home, oh, just so. make your own puzzles. It cuts down on lonely time. It would totally be like that. <laughs> I, 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 ty- I typically have a freezer full of like the month's worth of soup on hand. <laughs> I actually suffered from a real ass vitamin D deficiency because I actually have gone through weeks of my life where I didn't leave the house. And I feel guilty for thinking about how this is no different from what you're used to. Oh God, that's horrible! I'm I'm a horrible, shitty pod person. So let's turn this into uh, a positive. Then let's <laughs> let's use your years of experience and uh, give. So people who are facing isolation, maybe people who are working from home, you know. People who aren't used to it, people who are sociable human beings. God, it's the worst being used to it. Oh, uh, what what advice can you give them about staying mentally well balanced? <laughs> uh, uh, try to have an animal or a plant or something. Do you think playing video games is the answer? No. Do you think it would help you help people in this restless time? Yes. So you say no, but yes. Because well, if you strap yourself into a video game that gets you sucked in good enough, like that's the best kind of time fast forwarder there really is. I honestly cannot wait for Animal Crossing. For like, just just the imagery and the, the visual nature of Animal Crossing. I feel like that's going to awash me in everything I, will be alright. I seriously wonder if if criminologists or sociologists or like law enforcement experts are aware of some sort of statistical phenomenon that might actually cause riots and social unrest and crime to decrease during crises in the 21st century because we have so many more options for entertainment in our house to keep us sane than people in previous historical periods did. 
like in the 60s when there were blackouts in New York and shit, like people would riot and 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 destroy the city. And now I'm wondering if people would just stay home and and wait out whatever cell phone or switch battery they have left for for the day or two it takes to get shit back together. Do you reckon people will start rioting? I, I'm sure there still will be, but I'm wondering if there actually will be statistically less rioting because we live in in the cyberpunk dystopia where we have all of our discra- distractions. Do you reckon there will be some rioting before this is over? I mean, we've already had the toilet yeah. boarding. Yeah. What is what if is there's... the opposite thing you could do in a situation where you've been told to go into isolation? I know. Let's crowd with thousands of people trying to buy toilet roll and food at the same time. And let's all fight over it and get in each other's faces. And then rioting just adds to that stupidity where you're in close proximity with morons anyway who probably already have it. If people riot over hockey games, I'm sure people will riot over toilet paper shortages. The vibe, the vibe in the stores are just different. You walk in and like people are there mm. with their families like it's some mm. type of zombie mm. apocalypse. And yeah, everyone's wearing masks. Yeah, let's talk about our grocery stories. <laughs> I found some water and I got one pack. No, I got two packs at first. And she's like, oh, it's one in one per person. So I grabbed one and put it back. She's like, oh, I was going to ring you up for two. And I was like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> I'll just do the one. Uh and then oh, so this lady behind me has four. <laughs> mm. And did she just overheard all of that? Yeah. And she's like, and she does not care. She does not care. She's like, I'm here with my brother and we, we both have kids or whatever like that. And I was I was like, okay, you know what? I'm just gonna stay out. I'm not gonna say anything. I'm just gonna buy my water <laughs> and then get the hell out. What what kind of what kind of grocery store are we it talking was about? This I you can't find any at, at at the regular stores like Alberson and and which is like kind of like a Kroger, um, yeah, and um, and Trader Joe's. So I had to go to grocery outlet. Oh no! Why why does that sound like like the the cheap shady one? Yeah, it's like an Aldi's. It looks like an Aldi's. Yeah, the water, the water is water. Yeah, it's not my spring water, but it's water. So, yeah. You know, people like, who drink bottled water right now probably are not feeling very safe. <laughs> I don't know. I've I've never had that much of a problem with tap water, so I don't I I don't feel like I would have that hard of a time just filling up some gallon jugs and keeping it in the freezer if I really needed to. Hmm. Yeah, I don't want to drink the poop water here. Um, I, I mean, if I, it I comes down to it. it, if it comes down to it, Filter if it absolutely out. goes to shit, you might have to swallow <laughs> your pride and some poop water. Yeah, well, I mean, we have a filter, you know, and I use it sometimes. But other than that, like, I like my spring water, but I will drink that poop water for sure. But I, if if the world, if it comes down to that, I will be worried about the world. But, so yeah. I, it's not gonna come to that. I went to I the local not. Publix, and and the reason why I feel like I don't, everyone's panicking so much. But when I go outside, it's normal, fine-ish. Yeah, right. I went to the local Publix, and the vibe in the store was fairly normal. Like, it wasn't super-duper crowded. People weren't really angry or fighting each other. I overheard someone talking about the virus on the phone, but that was kind of it. However, 
a lot of, of the supply and the infrastructure of the store was different in eerie ways. For starters, there were no grocery carts. There were just straight up no grocery carts. They wanted everyone to shop in baskets, and they didn't have any official rules about buying only small quantities of groceries. But but the, the baskets instead of the carts was the implication. So I saw some people with carts fill them up. I saw other people with baskets, um, like, generally have a normal amount. I, on the other hand, had a full, big-ass basket, an arm full of, like, a gallon of milk and a bunch of frozen pizzas that wouldn't fit, and I was waddling through the store <laughs> with this, like... <laughs> With this death stranding load to the checkout aisle, dropping stuff behind me on the way and like rushing back to pick it up. Cause I, I, I did want to make sure that I, I stocked myself up for a couple weeks on this trip. So I I filled that basket up and a load of arms and uh had to run back for for some items I missed. I noticed they didn't have any fresh grocery store sushi. Uh they didn't have any meat or deli items. And there were no grocery carts, so it still feels kind of like first world problems in my my side of the fence over here. Yeah, like just just little inconveniences so far. I haven't uh, had to fight over water yet or toilet paper. I'm assuming. Oh, toilet! Just buy a bidet, guys. This is going to be a harsh wake up call for our country. An important teaching lesson. <laughs> In which everyone's going to learn how great it is having a bidet so you don't have to fight over toilet paper during the apocalypse. Right, right, right. If anything, that... you, you spray your butt and then use up only like like two squares and that's it. And instead of the never-ending process that of the, the mystery gamble that is the bidet-less lifestyle... Maybe that's why all these Asian countries are handling the coronavirus so much better than we are. Is because they're all used to having bidets. Wow. Welcome back. Welcome back, Liam. We were just talking about... Pooping. About pooping. We were actually... Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So so do you think that one of the reasons why all these Asian countries are having a better time, I, I guess sans the originator, um, tend to be having more of their shit together is because they're not fighting over toilet paper because they uh, all have bidets? I would disagree with that because Japan has been sold out of toilet roll for two weeks now. I oh, come on, where's your bidets? I literally found my first pack of t- like 12 big toilet roll uh yesterday so you just been holding it for two weeks no we got bidets this is the mad thing it's like i don't know why people are buying toilet rolls we have bidets like you it's it's social stability one roll of toilet roll in japan lasts you like a fucking month it's ridiculous Buying a bidet is not just buying a device for your butt. It's buying a device that stops fights and prevents violence. It saves you during an apocalypse. Like, oh my god. I owe Toto the the washlet my life at this moment. Uh, in regards to Asia having their shit together, I don't know. China is able to enforce kind of string, like more stringent rules than we in the West are because of self-preservation and people's self 
own self-importance that we place on them is less of oh, yeah. a herd idea. Japan, the Socratic though, philosophy. I'm starting to get really incredibly frustrated in Japan because it's very clear that it's spreading in Japan, yet the Japanese government won't test people because they fear the Olympics will be uh, canceled or postponed because of it. So they're hiding what the real numbers are, which is incredibly irresponsible mm-hmm. and frustrating because I know if Japan just admitted to it, Japan would rise to the occasion like South Korea and like China has because they are of a certain culture that is different to the West. And it is, I, it's, the UK is just as bad. They're trying this herd immunity bullshit, like, that is ridiculous. The the Olympics are going to get cancelled if this continues. Oh, this, no, uh, it, no doubt. Like, it's, listen, what anybody, the, what the anybody who thinks you can hold event, 2020 will go down as the year that didn't exist. It's like, nothing will happen. There'll be no, there'll be no gaming show this year. Anything that gets postponed will not happen. Like you can try, but people are going to be afraid to travel for months. And unless there is like a complete drop in cases completely, people are just not going to leave. People are going to be having to go to work and stuff. And Nintendo that... Land, though. Nintendo yeah. Land, though. Nintendo Land. Yeah, Nintendo that is Land. that's. That's going to be postponed, guys, I think. Yeah, it definitely uh, is. I mean, that was, like, coming up. I mean, USJ is closed right now, so. Like, what? whatever happens, even if we, like, the vaccine comes within a couple weeks, like, it's every, it's going to take a while for things to calm back down. Yeah, because, like, a couple weeks. my yeah, friend was in Israel. Months, maybe. And the, in Israel, they were stopping tourists in Jerusalem um and asking asking them like where they're from and telling them to go back home and um some of them were being tested they had it before they go into grocery stores they were testing their temperature um, see that see the the testing of temperature thing i totally actually agree with there should be hmm. people testing at large buildings that people gather in there should be people testing temperatures because that's how China has done it. And that's how China has had only eight cases across the whole of the country reported officially yesterday compared to the thousands they were having on a daily basis prior. They were testing everybody's you, you mean just like eight for the day or? Eight for the day. Okay. And the okay. UK had 369 yesterday. So which, which country is doing better than the other? Like, Yeah, I see that on NBC that. Uh, the number seems low to me, so I looked it up, and yeah, no, that actually seemed like the case on uh, March twelfth. Yeah, they, they were doing on airplanes too, over there on the on the east. Yeah, all the um, way from from Poland as well. I, I read Poland. something like, oh, I know this is just going to be what we talk about this whole episode, and I feel sorry for people, but I did read something about how cultures change based on dramatic events. And if you can think about America pre 9-11 and then post 9-11, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they are two different worlds, right? Yeah, I think about the UK pre-Brexit and post-Brexit. Like major events that happen to cultures or societies, and this is definitely like a global one, which could in the long run lead to 
better things across countries because whilst a lot of countries are shutting borders and like I can't come visit you guys right now and you guys can't come visit me, uh, there, there is like a global push for everybody to correspond in a certain way to this. And Yo. it does seem to be working in some ways, but there are other countries, US, Yo. UK, that are I... not doing so well. I remember like my dad taking me into the pilot's cockpits to show me how cool planes were before 9-11. I remember what airport security was like before 9-11. I remember seeing the Middle East romanticized as an exotic land of exciting ancient adventure before 9-11. I, I remember like how much better the job market was, how school shootings weren't as common, how violence in general wasn't. As, like, video games suddenly got way more militant after 9-11. Every, all the adults suddenly did. There was a war against Iraq. Society got way worse after 9-11. There was, can you, there were no benefits to be made. Can you imagine coughing on a plane in six months' time? <laughs> it's gonna have to happen. You can't like, just not cough your whole but the, life but that's the world you live in right it's like if people who have hay fever or allergies who are outside <sighs> now are gonna be mm. like looked upon by other people like Dude. it might change the etiquette you know how it's like more polite nowadays to sneeze into your shoulder rather than your hands yeah i wonder if that's gonna be straight up like a rude faux in pas japan, from now on to sneeze into your hands in japan sneezing in your hands anyway is rude I don't, just I don't sneeze when, out when, loud. When people invented manners nuts. hundreds of years ago, they should have, have had people sneezing into their shoulders from day one. I don't know why sneezing into your hands was ever, ever considered a, a normal thing. But worse than that is just sneezing out into the open air. Like, Yo, fuck like, those guys. Fuck, fuck those guys. Oh, God. So I, I was getting breakfast. Um, right. <laughs> okay, hey, so where's this going? So I was getting breakfast um, um, when I was out in the job, and they had this uh, breakfast sandwich I can get um, with a croissant. And I was like, all right, cool, cool, cool. So uh, I was sitting with the team, and she brought it out, and <laughs> I took a bite. <laughs> and the flakes got into my throat really oh. <laughs> so I just started no. coughing like a dry cough <laughs> and it wouldn't stop and everyone at the table was just like Matt you good? Matt you alright? <laughs> giving me this worried look and I'm like <laughs> 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 it's like some no water. it's the flakes the it's just help. the flakes <laughs> The fucking flakes. She like burnt it a little bit. And I was just like, the flakes was everywhere. I couldn't, like, it could not get out. Water, nothing. I had to leave the table and like go in the bathroom and like really just heave it out, you know? So anyone walking by the bathroom hearing hearing me going, So they heard you know, that when you choke on something, you get like watery red eyes, and you're like a bit more purple. People are looking at you like, so I came out the bathroom like, like he's one of the like, infected. Uh, yeah. You single handedly like like punched a dip in twenty percent less business that day from you alone. <laughs> it's like oh no. Oh, man. Oh. 
Oh, yeah. People, oh. please just wash your hands. If you visit an old person, wear a mask. And if you don't need to go out, just at the moment, stay at home and play video games. Well, I I thought that would be cool. Um, I, I, I sneaked in one video game <laughs> the last two weeks. Um, and it's a game I've been looking forward to. Uh, so I'll, I'll I'll tap that in real quick. Uh, Ori in the Blind Forest, Ori in the the Will of the Wisps. There we go. The the, the sequel. The yeah, sequel. I was about to say you already talked about Ori in the Blind Forest twice. Yeah, I beat I beat that game twice. Uh, so playing the second one. Um, hmm. So, oh snap! Really? Yeah. Oh. So, so okay. So let's 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 get let's get some things out of the way. So it's basically Hollow Knight, right? They changed it to like a, with a lot of Hollow Knight mechanics, but and, and the gameplay is better. Like they gave Ori a sword and combos. It's <laughs> insane. Like the gameplay, good. The, yeah. But there's no purpose. <laughs> there's no purpose to any of it. The story is it's just nothing's there's no magic there anymore. Nothing like the story. The story is just an excuse to, for, to have or you just go around killing things. It and it, the story was like a big part of the first one, so I don't I don't know how to feel about it. I played a good bit. I didn't just play the first hour. You know, I played like a good chunk um, yesterday, and I was just like, okay, so this is. This is this is the game. This is it doesn't get better after the story doesn't change. And um I guess the gameplay is you know good enough. There's a bunch of like side quests that are just it feels like it's just there. You know, like an excuse. Like everything is just an excuse for more gameplay almost. Like uh there's a bunch of NPCs that just give you like, "Oh, I need this this the the iron needle for a p- compass it's in there i need this gotcha. i really wish i had a bag <laughs> i really <laughs> wish there was someone to do all these favors for me today specifically like you do it you do it <laughs> what, There's do you, a, what is a, this a line from conquer's bad fur day that is just like points this problem out amazingly where where the camera slowly zooms into his face and he internally thinks like gee everyone really wants specifically my help right now (laughs) so it's funny you're talking about this because i actually for the first time ever tried to play the first game Mm -hmm. or in the blind forest and because it was on Xbox Game Pass, because I was looking, I'm kind of filling the gap between like now and like Friday when Animal Crossing and Doom come out. I'm kind of like, well, what should I play? And I tried a whole bunch of games and I tried Ori and I was really enjoying it until I found like a game breaking bug I couldn't get over. And I was kind of like, well, fuck this. What? 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 So I went, I went down some weird hole and got a power where you can like press X and then hold X to make it blow up. Okay. Okay. Do you know, okay. like when you but, throw one of your one of your one of your orbs or whatever? Yeah. And then you can blow it up, and and there are like those things that the pillars you can't get past because they're like 
you know, you've got to try and blow it up and you can carry on going. Yeah. It wouldn't work. It's broke. It worked the first time and then I died and I went back to the save point that was before it. And then it didn't, it wouldn't work again. And I reloaded the save and tried it again. Wouldn't work again. Wait, what? I've never heard Ori be talked about in the context of a glitchy game with game-breaking glitches. Yeah. That's weird. That's really weird. Well, I heard I heard the new one has a lot of bugs in it as well. Yeah, I, di- I didn't run into any of those either. So maybe I'm just lucky. Mm, you know, speaking of luck, my uh maybe maybe it is just luck. My 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 Switch Joy-Cons are starting to drift out of place. That's happening to me nowadays and Fucking I guess that's just cheap luck. ass piece of garbage. Uh, it's because uh, Mercury is in retrograde, and it's apparently an astrological sign that causes your electronics to fail. <laughs> Somebody's watching uh, too much Curiosity Stream. Um, are are you good on on Ori? Uh, wow! Are, we, yes, we, we, I am good we, on we Ori. Stuff to go through. Wow. We got wow. stuff to go through, Dewey. Wow. You see? You see, audience? You see what happens every time I talk about a game? You see? Mm-hmm. I'm just... Fine. I'm just, okay. Never mind. Never mind. No, 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 no. I want to hear about... Oh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm not George. good. I, I want to hear more. George just wants to talk about Civ Six, the game he talks yeah, yeah. about no! all the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The game yeah, he's talked ahead. about like 15 times. And then he wants to talk about VR. Not not that he's ever talked about VR before. No, go ahead, George. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I, 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 I restarted the, the Civ 6 expansion a few times until I finally landed with a Civ and a, a starting point that I liked. And it turned out to be Arabia. I am gradually warming up to this expansion pack. I... As, as I'm going through an, an epic marathon-length game on Empire difficulty, which is making things a hell of a lot more interesting. So I accidentally am playing through the most Islamophobic game of Civ I, I think I, I ever could have comprehended. Arabia's special bonuses favor religion and science, and the two of those fold into each other in, in ways that um, boost each other's bonuses. How so the playstyle. It's gradually devolved into a playstyle where I'm seeking the religious victory, which is where you convert the whole planet to your religion, while using a small high-tech army that I will save scum to strike decisively with. <sighs> yeah, there are implications. There, there are a lot of negative implications I'm noticing here. One of which is that the theocracy is the best government type I should be maintaining for this kind of stuff I want to be doing, even late in the main game when when we researched all these hyper-advanced synthetic technocracy AI-powered democracy stuffs. I'm still sticking to the theocracy because of that 5% bonus in theological combat that you get. Also, I can't help but notice... That the civilization I'm playing at here, you know, as Saladin, as Arabia, they specifically don't focus on great works of art and architecture. Um, they, 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 you don't, you don't exactly need those to be converting other people to your religion, which is the actual freaking goal of the game here. Um... <laughs> I, I, I also am noticing how in... In the later game, 
this this is actually a really interesting, cool thing that's not not folding into to a lot of the the, the race's nationalistic implications of civ mechanics. But in the later game, um, in Gathering Storm, they have you doing combat with civilian units instead of military <laughs> units as as the the militaries get more and more high tech and it becomes more and more expensive to fight a war and also more decisive because the the high techness will just mean that one side will steamroll the other you know asymmetrical warfare starts to become a thing and you start to have units called like rock bands that you will march through enemy territory to play songs at their venues <laughs> to convert them to your culture instead of taking over them by military and so it's gotten to a point now where i'm noticing that cities are switching to my side as old empires collapse peacefully like uh like like i had france in the middle of the map just getting eaten up by the ai on all sides and it was it, it was it was like like watching a grand union collapse when when modernism developed and i guess all the citizens of france just decided that the french government wasn't giving enough for them anymore and they decided to switch over peacefully to the arabian government after hundreds of years of being french I've seen city-states, like, switch back to being a neutral city-state in the late game with a clean slate of zero envoys that any other players can send in, in a way that's really, really interesting. Like, the the bloat of um, units and projects and features that would always come at you in way too high of a quantity to manage in previous civs is streamlined in a really cool way in this one with with systems that... That, that all fold into each other in really surprising ways that encourage a rush towards victory states that um, is is paced with all the AI reaching the end at the same time. So so you constantly want to have a big decisive war to stamp one of them out in a in a quick painful victory because that's how 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 tense it's getting at this point. There's basically like a cold war of peaceful civilian counteractions fighting against one another because at this point in the stage. Me and the other big power on the map have giant death robots that will mutually assure each other's destruction. And the other giant power on the map is Suleiman of the Ottoman Empire. So so the superpowers are boiling down to Saladin versus Suleiman, the Ottomans versus the Arabians, in, in a religious versus <laughs> cultural context that has a lot of very uncomfortable implications... The stuff that Civ will make you say with your mouth sounds really dirty and wrong, and sometimes I wonder if this kind of game is sending the best message to the kids. <laughs> oh my god. I just I was just looking at your write-up. You have a huge write-up. <laughs> yeah, I didn't... I, I, because there's so many little quirks that I forgot about, like how in the late game I'm I'm so underpowered with with an underpowered military and basically relying on religion, but it only works because I'm pitting the AIs against each other and selling them oil to maintain a destabilized <laughs> continent of of divided and conquered powers. Um, I have to protect the city-state of Jerusalem because it gives you a quadruple religious bonus to all your religious pressures, and that's, like, what I need to be able to convert these continents and snag the victory from, 
from Suleiman. Otherwise, he's going to get the diplomatic or the cultural victory. I didn't talk about the diplomatic victory system, which has these really interesting quirks to it where you can buy your own votes and trigger a United Nations emergency pledge drive fund, even for a well-developed economy that's doing perfectly fine. So you accumulate currency that allows you to buy UN votes, and during a national disaster, even if you have workers at hand that'll recover you fairly very quickly and cause not a lot of big damage, you can still get the United Nations to, like, like be like, oh no, the poor citizens of Arabia are devastated by a natural disaster. Everyone pull your funds in and help them out. Even though I was doing fine, I was still able to, like, trigger that that kind of event and disempower the rest of the world for my gain. Yeah, I'm warming up to the global warming expansion pack. It's actually pretty good stuff. Civ six in a good place right now, kids. I the, I, I the, like it. What is the coronavirus expansion? Um you do have to like manage your food to make sure everyone stays healthy. I don't I don't think there's there's pandemic mechanics in there yet, but but give it another modern expansion pack and or or, or some playful imagination with the existing food mechanics and and I'm sure we can fill that gap. You sure fill the gap. <laughs> I try. God, it's just like like a wild janky sandbox of of exploiting the AI and pulling shenanigans off that Firaxis clearly did not intend for. Like, one of the things of this global warming-themed expansion pack is that if you use fossil fuels, it'll burn up the atmosphere and melt the ice and melt people's tiles. But the AI has um, preferences towards clean energy and stuff. And in this game, where one AI... Uh, Suleiman of the Ottomans managed to take over a whole continent and, and eat the rest of the AIs up and um, advance himself much, much more faster. He went straight to clean energy. There was no period of heavily industrialized fossil fuel burning that would have turned the map bad in this game. It actually didn't pan out the, the way the developers intended to teach players this lesson because the technologies we researched skipped all the fossil fuels entirely. Like in my game, we went from a few uh, years of coal straight to nuclear. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a weird game with a lot of fun variables that can cause drastic results, but can still be mischievously harmless to dick around with and create shenanigans. That's, I should stop talking about Civ now. <laughs> Have you got through all of your notes, though, George? There's a lot of notes here. Yeah. See, Firaxis's interface works against you. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Also, kids, no. Well, the only reason I, I said ask? the only reason I said Civ Six is in a nice place and it's fine now is because I installed some UI mods that made the interface better. Kids, if you want to actually get into Civ Six off of my recommendation, make sure you look up some UI mods and. That's when it clicked for me. That's all. But I mean, now I can stop talking about Civ. I'm sorry. I installed a bunch of Civ mods and I got real excited about Civ. I gotta try it again. I never finished. I think game. you should. I might be able to to help you out. I might be able to get you into it with some some like enthusiastic coaching and and pointing is, you at some mods. Is Civ Six the one that's out on the Switch? Yeah, yeah. There's also a decent Switch version. Hmm. I, I, I just, I How does it control? I don't know. Sorry, man. No, I just, I just want to download something and just be able to click what mods I want and just automatically syncs in. Like it's surprisingly mods. easy for Civ 6. I, I had Sub so many UI mods yeah. that there was a conflict, but you kind of click the subscribe button in the workshop and it just works. Oh, really? 
Mm -hmm. Oh. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, got native built-in mod support. And yeah, I do re recommend hitting the interface mods first. There's also some graphic mods that I think, in my opinion, make it look a little easier on the eyes with less garish, cartoony stylings. Um, I, there's one mod that I felt was very important for my playstyle that causes your religious units to fight the rock bands. Mm -hmm. uh, that's how I've been defending myself against um, the the foreign rock culture is 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 by having my apostles bring lightning upon them. So hmm. it's, it's funny. <laughs> it's, it's, it's good for a chuckle. The the index though is it good? Is it bad? Is it's it worth good. Your money. It's oh. good. It's not bad. That third question though. I don't want to hog the mic. You know, we're at 42 minutes. I just did my big Civ <laughs> spiel. I think we Liam's... Can, I, I is wanna, it Liam's I turn, technically? I, I'm just paraphrasing your... Uh, we got a lot to get through. <laughs> and then he goes off on Civ. I was really... You can you can have the floor, because I... I tried a whole bunch of different games this week. Just, try, you know, there's a lot on Xbox Game Pass that seem pretty good. I almost wanted to download Sea of Thieves and give that a try because I've never, ever had any interest in that. And I and usually, sometimes that leads me down good paths, like with Destiny 2 and that kind of thing, games that I inevitably end up enjoying. But I didn't bother with that. The new Call of Duty Warzone Battle royale thing came out as well and i was actually kind of interested in that because a battle royale with like call of duty controls sounds like it could be a lot of fun to me but it's a hundred gigabyte download and i was like well maybe another year in time <laughs> um so i i played a, a little bit of ori before it broke on me and i can see why that game is really well liked and i will probably give it another shot but you know there's a lot of games coming out uh, I tried. Uh, my friend is Pedro. My yeah, I Pedro. tried that too. Please let me know what's what's going what's going on with that. I can see why people like it, but <laughs> that game doesn't feel very good. It doesn't. Oh, it really no. Like if you watch it, there is a very. There's probably a lot of people out there who really like it, but I was really surprised because I kind of was hyped about it when it was initially yeah, shown and all the really twitter, good trailers all the trailers all the twitter gifts look great but then i kind of forgot about it and it came out and then i was thinking i wonder why i've not really thought about this game since it's released <laughs> and then i played it and i was like oh people finally got to play those wonderful gifts and trailers and then realized that the controls and the feeling of the character is not very good so Kind of put that to one side quite yeah. quickly. Why does it like the guy can barely jump? It's so weird. He, he like rolls around like a weird sausage and yeah. it doesn't feel as stylish as the game is like wanting you to feel like you are. It, it feels kind of like you're moving. Do you know Gish? Kind of mm -hmm. feels like you're moving Gish around, but he has a little bit of jumping physics to him. Um, what else did I play? Played some more. Oh, I played Dicey Dicey Dungeons. I don't think I got to talk about that last time. Um, have either of you guys played Dicey Dungeons? No. Mm -mm. It's good. It's uh, made by Terry Kavanaugh, the guy who made V V V V V V V V V V V V, and uh, Super Hexagon. And it has a fucking banging soundtrack to it. 
And it's a roguelike where you fight enemies and you use dice rolls and you put the dice in little modifiers. So for example, you'll have something simple that is like a sword and the sword says, uh, need more than five to deal damage. And you know, you'll roll a dice, you'll get a five, you put the five in, that's five damage. And then, but then it starts getting wacky because you only have like, you have basically like a Resident Evil 4, like, you know, cached case that you have to jigsaw pieces into. And then each power you get or each modifier you get is like a certain size. So you have to fit it into your, like your deck. So you have to kind of mix and match all these different modifiers that you think are good. And they're all different sizes and different shapes. So you have to try and squeeze them all in. And then once you build out like a, a deck, you can then go into fights, rolling dice, and then putting the dice in the different modifiers and stuff. It's really, really fun. Uh, it's quite cute and simple. Um, I'll probably play some more of that, but it has like different characters to unlock. It's very similar to maybe Slay the Spire in some way. Um, that's a lot of fun. I love the art style of Dice yeah, Dungeons. It's really nice. Really, really um, nice. And the soundtrack, if anything, just listen to the just listen to the soundtrack. It's made by Chipsel and is like the jazziest, awesome sounding chiptune soundtrack for a long time. It is really nice. Really, Terry really Kavanaugh nice. games are just always good in general. Yeah. God, I, I'm really, it's really cool small. to see like like him and Chipsoul grow up into a way more complicated game than Super Hexagon. Because yeah. Super Hexagon was like, it was actually one of my favorite games of, of like 2012 or whatnot. But this is so much, it's it's so different out of his wheelhouse. When I yeah, think Terry a, Kavanaugh you know, game, I think of very, very minimalistic. Yeah. And, uh, and even then, it's like this game is very minimalistic if you think of it in the context of what is like popular indie right now. But it's so smart and a lot of its systems are really smart and it's very much like a i don't want to say like a game designer's game but it is there's a lot of like ooh, that's it really sure smart. looks like it yeah, yeah yeah but it's really fun it's really really fun and like you're just like you're grooving along to the soundtrack and you're really getting into it and you're rolling fucking dice and you're like yeah we're gonna do this it's good <laughs> terry kavanaugh games are groovy fruity games they are um God, I'm, I'm a weirdo <laughs> And then, other than that, I started playing Magic Arena again because I'm a loser. And now I just wait. I just it's wait like... for Animal Crossing and Doom and the Resident Evil 3 demo and then Final Fantasy 7 and life might get better. I don't even know what I'm waiting for anymore. After I, definitely... I just don't know what I'm waiting for. Dude. I definitely have been waiting for Animal Crossing. I don't even know why because I know I'll play it for a bit. And then I'll kind of wean off it, but I think yeah. it's the aesthetic. I just need the aesthetic, like the music, it's, it's the feeling. Very I just need it. Fortunate quarantine timing game too. It's just a breath of fresh air that I really need right now. I think I've seen I've seen a lot of pictures on Twitter of like girls just posting a switch next to a box of Animal Crossing next to a vibrator with the caption "Quarantine Essentials." Yeah, not I'm excited. Okay, let me not let me I was about to say something else is like, nope, Matt, stop here on a podcast where people are well, you can't offended. hint at it like that. <laughs> yeah, you can't you can't be dropping bombs like that. We can't easily offended people. I gotta I gotta I gotta keep calm. <laughs> well what am I just supposed to edit that out? You've got us like picked. You, you you're teasing yeah, us. Yeah, yeah, you gotta you, you just gotta have to just be okay with that. <laughs> oh my god. 
Okay. Right. You um, just have to type it to his layer and be like, ooh. <laughs> yeah, ooh. Ooh. That's <laughs> what he meant. Ooh. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Um, I don't know. I never played... Um, no, I played Animal Crossing, but I never got into it, into it. Like, I just, mm. I never understand the pull for it. Um, and I guess that's the same for Stardew Valley. Like, games like that. It's just, See, yeah, where it's I just kind of, you're just there doing stuff. I, I don't get on with Stardew Valley because it is more of a chore-based game to me. Whereas, like, yeah, I feel like you can't. You can in Stodgy Valley just go and sit by the water and like throw your fishing rod out and fish. But like in Animal Crossing, I don't know. There's something about the presentation and the sounds and the the characters and I, stuff where like that kind of thing feels like you're not playing a game. You're just there's no progression. You're just you're just here. You're just here for now, and you can spend as little or as long as you want here, and it's kind of nice. If if if. Go ahead. I've 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 told my story <laughs> about um how Stardew Valley never clicked with me until Portable, right? Yeah, I mean, like, understandably so. I think yeah, case, yeah. The 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 play style of these things seems suited for for portability in a way that that I totally click with and love and appreciate. But if I have to sit down in front of them on a desktop, I get sleepy and bored really fast. Hmm. And I'm I'm. I think that's that's the difference. Like I, I played a lot of uh, Animal Crossing on GameCube when it came out, but I haven't had any interest in the series since. But I also haven't had a portable where one of them came out at. And now that I do have a portable with one coming out, I actually am interested in getting Animal Crossing again. So maybe it's just really? a format. I feel thing, like a portable this is thing. a good. This, yeah, but this is a good balance. You know, I can play on my big TV and enjoy, and then I can take it with me and just not that anybody's going anywhere. <laughs> Nope. Yeah. We all gotta lock ourselves inside for the, the, the health of everyone else. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just um, doing most of my jobs inside now. I was thinking no. about that. I was thinking about, oh shit, video games is gonna be the first to go. And I was like, no. Wait a minute. No one's shooting anything. <laughs> so I can't go out and shoot. I have to like sit in here and edit. I, I guess we should I, yeah, clarify thinking... video, video, not guns. <laughs> oh my god if we gotta clarify that man i don't know you know <laughs> i don't know i don't know if i should be doing this podcast then. this is like come on <laughs> guys just making sure just making sure just making yeah, sure yeah 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 like, my, don't don't be a my, snowflake on this podcast <laughs> not you george the, the people I was thinking, I was thinking about it and I was thinking like, oh no, shit, like work from home, video games. Oh no, like what's going to happen? And then my, my girlfriend was like, but if everybody's at home, everybody's going to be playing video games. That means there needs to be more video games, which means your job might be safe. And Wait, I was like, oh yeah. George, was that a, was that a black joke and I just missed it? <laughs> Wait. Wait, no. No, it was a pun. It was a joke about the word shoot and how it can mean two incredibly different things. How would it be a black thing? <laughs> okay, never mind. Let's I, not go. It's been a while, it's been just, a while yeah. since I uh, since I accused you of racism, so I had to I had to bring it up. Just gotta you know, throw in keep you on one, your toes. one blackface bunny hop joke per podcast. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> uh, I think that 
I wonder if that still shows up when you try to Google search for Super Bunny Hop. Anyways. Wait, anyways. what? Wait, what? Yeah, no, I don't know what I was talking about just then anyways. Wait, um, what? Uh, the, so the Valve Index is, I'm gonna have to uh, is, a, is that. a product you can buy. Um, what what are you doing? No, Liam? you don't. What you, are you, you doing? You don't have there. to search for that. I'm doing nothing fishy. Oh my god, it comes up. Really? Still? No. Oh, okay. Fine. I'm opening up a tab. I'm going to Google. Liam, what are you doing? I'm typing in super nothing. Yeah, I don't. Stop talking to your girlfriend, it. man. I'm, I don't I'm trying see... to find this this image. No. Okay. If you make it one word, it comes up. If no, I just put in B L and it's boom auto. Well, yeah. How many it. people are going to be putting in B L if you type in Super Bunny Hop? Everything's fuck. Well, now I've screwed it up. Now we've screwed it up. The Google results are bad again. Thanks, guys. So the Valve Index <gasps> is a product you actually can't buy. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Black face. What is this? So the Valve Index is. A, a, a potential topic of discussion. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. A, th a thousand bucks. Like I love VR, you know, but I already have one, you know. So it's just, <laughs> and I paid, I paid quite a bit of money for it. Right, and the Valve right. Index has sensors, and I just, I, you know, that you know, Oculus <sighs> doesn't. So so after spending a thousand dollars on a VR headset, only mm -hmm. two outcomes could have happened mm -hmm. both of which steer things to an extreme number one is i just spent a thousand dollars on a vr headset how could i possibly say anything bad about it number two is i just spent a thousand dollars on a electronic vr video game toy thing yeah of course i'm gonna feel bad about it i am firmly in the latter camp yeah, I don't know. I for a thousand dollars, I guess I was expecting it to mix my drinks and and suck my dick, but that I mean it can is not it the definitely case. Definitely can. That's like the first thing I people mean, ask sure. when they find things that seem like your dick is being sucked via the index. It's the first thing people ask. Yo, can I can I try out that VR porn? I'm like, well, th that's not sure. the same as is a one thousand dollar <laughs> sex robot. Okay, the Valve Index is not a magical sex robot, even though it's a thousand dollars, right? Yeah. It's a high-end VR headset that that does feel slightly better than the PSVR. Slightly better? <sighs> slightly better? Please. The resolution George. is better. Please. The tracking is better. Bullshit. <laughs> neither are still perfect, and neither are good enough for one thousand dollars. And neither actually feel like a $600 step from the PSVR. In the grand scheme of how VR will look 20 years from now, it might be seen as a slight step. You can from... literally walk around. You can yeah. get up. Well, you out can of in PSVR too. And not get off the. No, you can't. No, you That's can't. That's not true. You have like one and a half steps in PSVR. Oh, you have four steps in Valve Index. No, what a you difference. Can go wherever you want in the room. No, you. There's boundaries that I you can draw that with the line Oculus. on the ground. I could literally walk my walk around my whole room in Oculus. And you'll clip through the walls and your character won't want to go. No. That's but that's, that's I set not my own how... I set my own guardian. Oh, that's so weird. That's so weird. That's so weird. Okay. I didn't know Valve does that. Okay, interesting. Well, one of the 
I, I, I'm, I'm trying to see what feature you're talking about, because when playing super hot on PSVR, you totally do have a range of like two steps around you. I was watching my friend play the, the heist demo. The first thing he did was get out of the chair the VR demo throws you in and walk out of a restaurant the VR demo throws you in. You can walk around the room in PSVR. That was, it's something it doesn't do well, but it's always something it, it was able to do. The, the Valve Index does it well. The PSVR doesn't do well. They both do the same thing. That's why I consider it just a slight step. Like, I, I know that the, 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 the price difference is big and that the actual raw power of the stuff going through these two machines is a bigger difference. But in practice, as the consumer playing similar experiences between the two, it does not feel like $600 higher quality than what I've been oh, used to. Oh, oh, okay. If you're talking about money, no. Valve Index being a thousand dollars, that's a lot of money. That's too much. Right. Money. You should right. definitely get like any everyone should probably unless you just you just have the money, you know, then more so, power to you. But you should just yeah, get an Oculus yeah. that's like a couple So I I had the money lying around and yeah. I was also hyped for Alex and specifically hyped for gameplay devices using finger tracking, right? Yes. So I got real excited for a VR experience in which my fingers would be tracked. Yes. And as it turns out, it only really works if your fingers are physically touching the controller in very specific spots what? that sometimes you might have to adjust your grip for. Otherwise, you start seeing your fingers in the game go a little crazy. Um, Boneworks is the one big flagship game using using that yes. that 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 feature gimmick right now. Yes. And in Boneworks, they decided not just to give you a hand with fingers, but also a big ass arm that will collide with geometry and physics objects. And that is a reminder of why VR games usually don't do that. Boneworks is a VR physics puzzle game that is very for me, at least, it's been very hard to control and pilot because of VR arm. Two VR arms are constantly getting in the way of a lot of stuff I'm trying to interact with that will not translate to where I am in real life. For example, if you're climbing up a wall, your arm will start to pass through a solid object that is in the game in front of your character. So mm. while your game's hand is like bumping the wall and stopping your real hand is passing right through and it ends up not registering your your grabs correctly. It's really weird rethinking game inputs to a point where just touching the controller is a valid input, but not squeezing it so hard that you actually depress one of the buttons is. Because sometimes if you'll depress a button, your character will drop their object or accidentally discharge the gun they're holding. Or um, bring up a menu instead. There's a menu button that's right at a spot where my thumb is when I need to clench a grip and hold something. And the whole game is about holding things in the environment and touching it. And that's really fucking bad. It's really fucking cool. I've never played a VR game that as, is as this dedicated to you touching with the environment and actually feeling the video game world around. But because there's nothing in real life stopping your arms from clipping through the stuff in the video game world, it's so much less elegant than I was picturing in my head when watching trailers. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I'm play it for myself and see, like, if that's a George thing or if it's, like... And everything. 
might be a George thing. One weird thing is that I wanted to play this game standing at first, but I found it way easier to play seated because I would instinctively walk around too much and end up causing my character to be out of line later for situations that would um that would result in me clipping through a spot in the ground I'm not supposed to and and bumping a bunch of scenery over and fucking up the physics puzzle. <clears throat> Besides that well, though, I've been well, playing Beat Saber and it's fantastic. What about the resolution? Oh, it's uh it's a step up. Still not it's not good. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. For a thousand dollars, I was expecting to to see a no. little bit more of a convincing image inside. Instead of a screen door effect in the Valve Index, you get kind of a radial spiral around because um of uh of the way their lenses work versus the others. But there still is little lines in the lenses you can spot when you're in there. Um, distant text is still hard to read. Distant scenery can still. Uh, get fuzzed into the background better than PSVR though, but those problems are still happening even in the one thousand dollar price range, and that's uh, uh I, I, you know I wasn't actually expecting magic, but but for a thousand dollars I was expecting it to mix my drinks and and suck my dick. Yeah, can I have it? You know, if I get bored of it in a month, I'll mail it to you for a month. Yeah, I want to play Half Life, Alex. I feel like in six months things might wind down to a point where I could let go with it for a few while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I but, know I'm gonna be sucking in because I know it's gonna get fucking ten out of tens everywhere and be like the the hottest shit yeah, since it is coronavirus. And then <laughs> yeah, well after I'm after be, I'm gonna be like, well, I'm gonna spend like three hundred dollars on Oculus Quest, and then like I'm gonna play it, and I'm like, yeah, that's cool. After after making the purchase myself, I would like to use my platform here to say, kids, don't you don't have to spend a thousand dollars for for this game. As far as I know, it's more the controller that that money is going in. The headset, I don't think, is that technically big a step up from the HTC Vive, which is technically not that big a step up from way lower end hardware like the PSVR and WMR headsets. Yeah. Have you tried the uh, the Half Life? What is it? The texture thing? What is it? What is it they released? The environmental? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How and it? it's actually really impressive. One of the, the funny things comparing stuff like that to Boneworks is that Boneworks is made in Unity. And a lot of really basic looking grid line test environments almost. Really blank rooms with just a repeating grid texture in Boneworks will still bog the frame rate down. But in uh, for Half-Life, they've released some preview areas you can walk around in that just run at like this 120 frames per second solid with way more polygonal clutter on the ground. I'm guessing there's way less physics rigid bodies um, going on in, in these rooms than in Boneworks, but it's really promising. Those those areas do look damn good. It's uh it's ridiculous how much detail they've managed to cram into a VR environment. Whatever engine they have planned for that is crazy optimized. Yeah. I think it mm. they are calling it source three, aren't they? It's source two point something, right? Something. It's source something. something. Um, Boneworks is real funny because it's a Unity game designed to emulate a lot of the jankiness of the Source engine. I, I swear they're using some of the same impact sound effects in, uh, in Boneworks that you hear when, when slapping around ragdolls and Gary's mod and stuff. 
It was I'm made really by lo- that guy who used to work with Freddie Wong, right? Bonus Stress Level Bonus. Zero is the name of the developer studio. I don't know the name of the developer persons. What was the guy? What's the guy called? The guy who did the YouTube channel with Freddie Wong, Rocket Jump. They did. The, yeah, the, like, you're ginger, right. The, the ginger guy with the glasses. They made YouTube videos together about these VR games. I remember seeing Freddie Wong on a Hover Junkies video. Yeah. Yeah, he's the guy who runs that studio, I think. Or is at least massively involved in it. I thing is, I remember with the PSVR, in the London Heist demo, it had a really great gun feel where you would slap the controllers together and a magazine would magnetize into your gun and you would feel a little rumble. And in Boneworks, you have to be a lot more particular. The magazine does not magnetically sloop into the gun. Sometimes you got to bump the controller into your hand a few times before the click really registers. And then once it's in there, you have to pull a slide back. And for some reason, it the zone for, for hitting the slide is so small that it the actions I'm trying to do in Boneworks are not coming out as elegantly to some to PSVR games. Alex and that's as well, right? And Alex, but, you have to put the magazine in the gun. And in Alex, they specifically decided not to try to flop your arms around while you're doing that. You're just a pair of floating gloves. And and Boneworks is is a stellar example of of why why VR arms are probably much more trouble than they're worth than than having a pair of floating VR gun or hand gloves. I mean, not gloves, gloves. Ah, I'm getting all jittery and excited. <laughs> Soon. If the Earth lasts that long. The Earth is gonna last that long. <laughs> it's literally we'll only six days. This. <laughs> it's next Tuesday, so it's a week. It'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one big question I was trying to ask myself is if I wanted to play through some older Half-Life games in VR. And honestly, if I only have a week, I might rather be spending my time with Boneworks and Beat Saber and Asgard's Wrath and Pavlov and new stuff I haven't played before going through old stuff I have before. Yeah, but you're going to play Alex, aren't you? Yes. Yeah, and until then, I'm going to be investing more time in Beat Saber. Haven't talked enough about Beat Saber. Beat Saber is fantastic. Beat Saber totally is the second best way to strap someone into a tech demo for VR than Super Hot. I mean... Yeah, Boneworks is a janky-ass mess of a VR game where you will see a lot of shit go wrong. It's not something to strap Grandma in. For Grandma, though, strap her in to, to Beat Saber. Beat Saber is the most literal execution of just dance to the music. That's the whole game I've I've ever seen in the realm of rhythm games. You wave your arms at certain places, you move your body to certain places to the beat of the music, and I went straight to the modded download songs and did Uptown Funk, where the game will have you crouch to the ground and wave your hands in the air as if you were, like, squatting and snapping, like, in the music video. And the Gangnam Style... You didn't say it. What? What? Raise your hands in the air like you just don't care. Don't care. <laughs> and in the Gangnam Style video, um, in the Gangnam Style level of of Beat Saber, you'll like have your hand on your hip and and swing your lasso and up in the air with your arm and and under the sea, they make you crouch down under some watery <laughs> effects and like jam out on a steel drum down there. <laughs> Watching the way you discover that... music is like watching the chimpanzee 
open it. Oh my god! It's like a weird, lanky creature making arm motions. It's 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 really clever what what the designers were able to pull off. Go down, and then the music had me go up, and it made me shake left and right. It was a fun time for all. It it sounds like it's about to be a monster mash. Yeah, no, Beat Saber is is good. Beat Saber is is I right. want to get real good at Beat Saber. It feels so much more natural to pull off in a in a way similar to Ju Beat where like just naturally tapping the screen, it it's a input method that I I I I gel with better than a lot of other rhythm games where I start losing track of what buttons I'm supposed to press. And in, in Beat Saber, you're always clearly looking at exactly what what the game wants you to be doing even even when it gets crazy it's easy to figure out what motions the game wants you to do like uh if you see a whole lot of inputs coming at you at once that basically just means shake 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 those inputs are going to ask you to be going up and down so yeah no more than three songs in i just knew to shake whenever i saw that coming i want to play beat saber again Beat Saber is a game where the tracking worked exactly as it should. There were no big, chunky VR arms slopping things out of the way. Uh, you stand in, in one spot. You don't have to or can walk around a room and screw things up. <laughs> we should probably take a break anyway. Yeah. Yeah. If you We've been going for an hour and, t- and ten minutes. Yeah, I was waiting you know, for the break and it wasn't happening. So I was just like, right. when when I, whenever I play VR games, I go for an hour and ten minutes. But they do say every twenty to thirty minutes you're supposed to take a break. Hello, and welcome back. Hello, uh, we got some great great news. <laughs> what was it that? <laughs> do we? That Dad and Sons is not canceled, and all of this other stuff is. Because we're going to host a new show. It's the DDC. The DSDC. Dad and Sons Conference. No, the Dad and Sons Dick Contest. <laughs> oh. That's not what I was expecting at all. What's the Dick Contest? I mean, some people would say that when they turn up to listen to this every week, there's a lot of dicks. Wait, what? <laughs> it is the dad and sons. For for some reason, we do have have gendered names. That implies gendered genitals. Also, people might think we're dicks. Wow. Well, we we don't want to actively try to be dicks, right? I mean, you win something yeah. or something. Yeah, especially in a time where it feels hard not to capitalize on on a tragedy like 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 the pandemic, you know. You mean the tragic the tragedy of E three being canceled? E three actually got canceled. I mean, thing everything I, 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 got canceled, so you know. But I I made that around. video three years ago, right? Where I was like, E three is is really silly, you guys. And now it actually got canceled, and I'm like, I'm wondering if I was too hard on it, you know? <laughs> Do you think, because honestly, it's not really news that it got canceled, because everything's canceled. It's news that it think, got canceled. <laughs> Do you think it will come back? <laughs> that is the big question, right? 
is is whether or not the executives are going to look at how much money they spent on E3 and look at a year where they didn't and decide if it's actually worth it the following year. I don't know if they'll be able to tell, though, because a lot of people, a lot of companies are going to lose a lot of money this year anyway. Refunds, so, refunds, refunds. I know how to tell. Yeah, yeah, E3 is going to be trying to refund um, scheduled exhibitors and visitors. So much money. Uh, it, unlike unlike GDC, they're not calling it an indefinite delay. They are calling it a straight up cancellation. They're considering making video content for Twitch, but they haven't said if they're going to commit to that like GDC has said they will. Well, they should do because otherwise Microsoft and Sony, I mean, Sony already do their own thing. Microsoft are going to start doing it and then nobody will be going to E3 and then nobody will E3 even exist. This has happened after the years where Sony was backing out anyway and they were transitioning it more to a public show for the fans rather than the industry. And at that point, it really basically is marketing it's part of the marketing budget and they might decide to spend that money on super bowl ads instead well well the sad <sighs> the sad news is that bit summit my beloved bit summit was also canceled well what time of year is bit summit usually end of may damn yeah. So that's even uh, sooner than E3 was going to be in June. Yeah, I'm sad. And, uh, you know, Nintendo Land was, was scheduled for summer as well. <sighs> I'm sad. Yeah. Bits of it is my favorite, one of my favorite times of year. We get so many people from around the world coming to Kyoto to show off some wonderful games. And it's a lot more fun than E3. And it also got canceled. You know, let's just all get coronavirus and have fun. <laughs> hey guys, what happens if one of us gets the coronavirus? What do we do? We'll do be we fine. A, do we have a backup dad? Uh, considering that we are all healthy, young, handsome, sexy men oh, yeah. with big muscles, big aren't muscles. aren't we supposed to just get like flu for a week and then <laughs> come out fine? It's the old people who are. What if all three of you us keep get saying that? You keep saying that, and then am I jinxing it? Is that what's die. happening? Here? <laughs> everyone, <laughs> everyone keeps saying that. Oh, it's just the old people. It's just the old people. I have nothing to worry about. Like it, it's funny how it just sticks into the mind. <laughs> next week's next week's gaming news. Beloved YouTuber oh. Super Bunny. <laughs> the, the horrible implication today. Even of that line of reasoning is that it's just a, a like it's hard to say that and not come off as if you're saying yeah fuck the old people right yeah like no you still you still want to have the old people around with with, with their savings and their assets and their property and and their their wealth and their riches right that fuels the economy like like big trade shows and advertising events and uh gdc kills me because gdc is not about the advertising and the commercialism gdc is about yeah big corporatism and money but at least there's that big human educational aspect to it It, i don't know i i I don't know if i feel as, as sympathetic for e3 going away as i would for gdc uh d- fuck no send e3 into the oblivion to save gdc every fucking day of the year gdc is what actually makes games e3 is not 
Without GDC, I, you you wouldn't you wouldn't get half of the games that you get now. Whereas E three is basically, I don't want to say like a like a like a, what is it like a, what is the saying? Commercial. No, like tooting your own horn. Do you use that, yeah, in America? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a it's a tooting your own horn fest. We got big brash bold games for everybody to see and, and toot us. So 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 Toot Fest 2020 is canceled. <laughs> Toot Fest 2021 is is a bunch of question marks. I'm always surprised by how much reverency people have had for E3 though. And I mean, I know it can be fun cuz E3 used to be amazing. now and then. Amazing though. I'd oh, the games that like, were amazing. No. Yeah, but the, yeah, but I apart from the time when I've been to E3, all other times of watching E3 at home is exciting. Like as somebody who genuinely loves video games and genuinely gets excited about what's coming up, it's why I still enjoy Nintendo Directs, you know, because it is the the mysteriousness of what's going to be revealed in the next 30 minutes. E3 used to have that. Like, if you go back to maybe 2012, 13, 14, they were like grand good years. Like the year when The Last Guardian, when, when Sony just knocked it out of the park and you had The, the Last Guardian and... Final Fantasy 7 and all those great games and it's just the the wonderful nature of everybody getting exciting and into this moment that I really enjoy and it does seem like E3 has lost that in the past two years because of Sony dropping out, Nintendo doing Nintendo Directs companies, traditional companies like Konami and Capcom and stuff like that not really going to places like this and it being kind of dominated by almost one company, which is Xbox, which is fine. You know, the Keanu Reeves thing from last year was hilarious and great and stuff. But is it been you know, a year? Whoa, wait. Oh, no, no. It hasn't been a year. That's right. <laughs> Either it's almost. Up. It's almost. Almost. Oh, my God. Oh, my the God. The years keep coming and they don't stop coming. No, it, it. Oh, yeah, that's right. It has almost been a year. It has. Yeah, so, like, you know, like, it's changed. (laughs) And I think think people look at other things, like Gamescom or, uh, you know, PAX and Bit Summit and other shows, and they're like, wow, the things that used to make me excited about E3, I can kind of now get at these other cool new refresh events that have other things other than what E3 has. Yeah, I like the GDC awards. I like the PAXs. E3, uh, the the scale and the grandeur of the commercials, though, it's it's always felt wrong for me for the longest time, at least. You know what? I, I think I'll say what it was, was that I was a child who got really, really happy about that E3 2004 Twilight Princess trailer, where Shigeru Miyamoto shows up on the stage, waves his sword around, and everyone got... Get, jizzed their pants because it didn't look like a cartoon and I was one of those dumbass kids who got roped along with it and it turned out to be a kind of mediocre Zelda experience and then getting excited over E3 stuff. That's what happens to me. Like commercials and marketing, it always feels like a lie to me. I can separate that though. I feel like the celebration of games itself and what the eventual games turn out to be like is something I don't even connect. I don't connect E3 with the final product. I'd never have done that. I just felt like yeah, E3 is a thing that exists. And then the game itself, you know, months go by and then it gets really... It's like Fallout 4. The the E3 where Bethesda just dropped it like 
Fallout 4, this brand new game, is coming out in October, which was five months away, which is no time at all. And then everyone's like, whoa! And then the game comes out. You know, it's it's all right. It was a janky mess! The town-building minigame was better than the RPG stuff. But my point is that that E3, because of what had happened, because of that event, because of stuff, like, two separate things. One was exciting, one was mediocre. I still enjoyed one. (laughs) I was meh about the other. I find it difficult to separate the excitement of a marketing event over a product from the product itself because the marketing event is just there to convince you to buy the product itself. And it's part of the same like narrative experience, the same chain of events, the same causality and consequentiality. But you don't, you don't buy games. You I just don't spent a thousand dollars on video. I just spent a thousand dollars playing brand new high end VR bonework beat saber beat off fests. And those, I, I mean, it's fine. That's like the only thing you have bought. Yeah, VR is like the one thing that that I think really tickles my heart anymore these days. Yeah, and of course, Half Life. I was going to say Half Life Three, but Alex wait, is coming wait, out. Wait, no, no. The the Civ Six expansion I'm playing through came out in like February. Wary of last year, I think, maybe. What? Oh, that was an expansion, not a mod. I thought it was a mod. No, it was. Well, I had, I installed a bunch of mods on top of the expansion. Oh, Gathering okay, Storm okay, okay, came okay. out on February, yeah, twenty nineteen. God, they're still coming out with. Packs. So okay, fine. I'm playing a one year old game. Fuck me, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you have talked about Civ Six like eight times. Yeah. <laughs> I've played through it every the the two times. On launch, when the Rise and Storm expansion pack came out, and when the Gathering Storm expansion pack came out, I'm playing one of my favorite games again when new expansion packs come out. Fuck me, right? <laughs> this become a, a Civ YouTuber, man. The Xbox Series <laughs> X has had its full specs revealed. They have, like, had a story embargoed with, with outlets like, like Digital Foundry. And... Eurogamer, the really, really technical stuff. They've broken this thing down, uh, given given the guts to the press, and now we have quotes from Eurogamer that read things like, The Project Scarlet SoC system on ship is fabricated on an enhanced rendition of TMSNC's 7 nanometer process, which we understand rolls up a bunch of improvements to the technology right up but not including the new EUV-based 7 nanometer chip, which is a 360 millimeter squared slice of silicon significantly smaller than we speculated that pairs customized versions of AMD's Zen 2 CPU core with 12.155 teraflops of GPU compute power. Yeah, AMD is killing it right now. AMD is Liam. What 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 does this mean, Liam? What what am I looking at, Liam? Why am I supposed to be excited by all these words and numbers? Um, same reason you would be excited about a new PC, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. This is AMD's new stuff. This yeah, this stuff stuff isn't even in yeah, this stuff isn't even in PCs yet. Yeah, the the seven. Yeah, it's 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 not even out. It's it's gonna it's gonna be good. That's probably why. I mean, uh, I mean, I I wouldn't say. I mean, I'm not a console gamer, so I don't know how it feels. But I mean, if you play consoles, yeah, this will probably be a good tight. Yeah, Yeah. one terabyte. And the thing is, they're using it. They're using it to a good. They have this system, but they're using it to a good effect. 
like the the stuff they've been talking about like um the one that excites me is this quick resume thing where you can have like fucking seven games paused continually in a state of where you're at and you can just load them up within like five seconds of each other i, I feel like that's ridiculous them. and why would you do it's, that but it's there I would totally because, because, actually like, use that. I'm so tired of use taking I'd be discs like, out. Slay the spire, then I want to hop into Animal Crossing and do something, me? and then I, I then I'm gonna play Smash. It's all tabbing, like, all tabbing like, for I your can, console. It is literally all tabbing. Like I, I would love it. Like whenever I have to take a disc <sighs> out and put a disc back in on my Sony PlayStation Four, I'm like, "What is this, 1994?" And I remember that being the one big thing about the Xbox One launch. People were super complaining about, rightfully so, because the offline backup is important. But honestly, ever since 1998, I've been installing CD cracks on on PC games anyway. I, it's it, you know, that's that feels like another thing coming to console world that I'm just used to on PC. You know what they're trying to do, right? They're trying to make sure take, that you take buy away it on the store. your ownership. Yeah, yeah. So you don't have that disc for after so the apocalypse happens. So don't go to GameStop I, anymore. Maybe, maybe there will be a coronavirus apocalypse, and it will be a powerful wake-up call, an important teaching moment for all for all of Americans to make sure you have offline backups of your media, kids, because the servers will get cut off at some point in the future. Maybe sooner than everyone's expecting to. To offline media backups are real important for keeping people sane during. <laughs> During their quarantines, during the apocalypse. Um, yeah, also backwards compatibility features. Crazy good backwards compatibility features. Like, you can load in original Xbox games and have uh, HDR features get added in. And in the new sense of new TVs that you buy that, that we we horrifically screwed up on one of the earlier podcast episodes. But, uh, yeah... OG Xbox games are backwards compatible with um new HDR support. Wait, what? Oh. They're also going to be trying to future proof this thing for 120 hertz displays. Hmm. This might be the the first console generation to see higher frame rates than 60 fps get get supported in a major way. But oh, other than that, there's so many sentences to so many sentences in these reveals that I just like do not know how to simplify. RDNA two fully supports the latest DXR tier one point one standard, similar to the Turing RT core. It accelerates the creation of the so-called BVH structures required to accurately map ray traversal and intersections, which means dedicated hardware acceleration for ray tracing, which means chunks of silicon and metal that process lines getting drawn around just, invisibly to determine how lighting works yeah it's, yeah it's just confusing the customer it doesn't matter uh this oh. is a reveal that is not for customers it is for people way more mm. hardcore than than i think i am uh i'm excited about the controller <laughs> oh yeah tell us why the controller is exciting it just looks like an xbox controller to me because it's got a d-pad that doesn't fucking suck well they've been doing that since the expone i thought i thought the what? xbox 360 pro think... pad had a better d-pad yeah but i don't want to spend 120 dollars on a fucking they're 120 dollars now what it's insane 
Okay. Okay. Yeah, Xbox D-pads are okay sometimes. I thought they actually fixed that problem right out the gate with the Xbox One pad. Um, nope. Yeah, the D-pad looks... So, okay. PCI... Like, the feel of it and everything is terrible. PCI three uh, 4.0 connections through the USB? What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, that was one thing that weirded me out. I think that's uh, more future-proofing stuff for for when USB standards change, which is scheduled to happen soon, too. Internal, I get, but external? Like, they have the new shit in here. That's insane, mm-hmm. man. That's that's pretty that's pretty good. That's pretty the one good. thing that kind of is weird is they have proprietary SSD slots, though. Oh, really? Oh, does that mean so no you- upgrading? So you have to buy whatever their extended SSD. Mm. But that would be weird. They have to open up the box and exchange it out? Like, what What would happen? No, no, no. There is literally, like, a port on the back. It's like a tiny, like, almost like a, a credit card, a bit thicker. And you can put a, I think it's Seagate. Oh, like the old PS2 days when you used to connect that big old... <laughs> Big old yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. network drive or <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, but it's oh, proprietary. So you can't just you can't just go and buy any SSD like you can with the PS4 or something. You can you have to fucking oh buy my God, it's like, so small. Like when the PSP was selling those memory cards for like ridiculous prices. Oh, it's not a USB. It just looks small in that screen. Oh. Oh. It's just a terabyte by C uh Seagate. Um <laughs> <laughs> so many fail drives yep. come back to the store when I used to work at Micro Center. Um, okay. Okay. It, okay. I mean, sure. Looks cool. That's. Yeah. I, I would I say mean, they're, this they're is obviously... like this is like a worthy, a worthy console. People are got. I think people are going to be happy. Console gamers, it's just, it's a it's there, a crazy upgrade. Uh, it's a crazy. It it, it always depends on the library more so. Yes, than the yeah. they're obviously they're obviously confident, right? I mean, they're fucking just exploding out with information. How it looks, the controller, all of the specs, all of the features already, and they're obviously quite confident in it. And I mean, a lot of people are excited. I haven't seen that much negative about it. So. Well, I mean, go ahead. Let's see. Let's see how this year plans out for you. I mean, nobody knows what the PS5 is yet. Nobody knows anything about it yet. What? No, we had a we had a bit of a technical breakdown with Mark Cerny talking about how they were also going to be focusing on SSDs for really, really fast loading times. Well, they just had one thing, didn't they? They had Spider Man. (laughs) Yeah. It, I mean, it, it is weirding me out how they're using current gen games to demo next gen hardware. Because for this Xbox thing, they were using um, Gears of War, Gears Five. Which we have played, and we have played Spider Man. Yeah, I, I mean SSDs though. That's 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 just common sense. Like if they don't have an SSD, that's that's them just burning. I'm not gonna lie though. When I switched out for SSDs, I was like really happy with Wait. that that change. Yeah, I need to get an SSD for my PS4. They are nice. Dying. <laughs> Immediately my booting PS4 up your so PC. Fucked. Oh, it's so nice not having to wait for your PC to boot up. It's the oh, it's the greatest. Anyways, yeah. If you don't have an Anyways. SSD by now, you should probably get an SSD and reinstall Windows. 
for sure. Actually, like, better now, investment yes. than than graphics card upgrade in, in my situation. Like I, I got more bang out of out of the SSD upgrade than I did a. I think going from a 960 oh. to a 1060. Wait, you were on S. You weren't on SSD until you upgraded your computer. Yeah, that one we built shit. a couple of years ago was the first one I got an SSD in, and it was it was it was a trip. Damn, I didn't know. Oh my god! No loading times, no boot up times. It's 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 the bomb. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. Uh, uh, next gen console gamers get to enjoy that stuff. Uh, for for now, they got to also listen to us answer some listener emails. Yeah, if you would like, if you would like to send us some emails, then send them into Dad and Sons Podcast at gmail.com. Do it before we all die. <laughs> we'll answer them in due time. If we're not dead. If <laughs> Liam, I, th- I think Liam is so tired now. He's so tired <laughs> that he's delirious. Yeah, he says stuff I'm that he so normally tired. never says. So like he's just like <laughs> saying random shit. I'm so tired. I wish for death. <laughs> well, Take speaking me and my sweet friends with me. Speaking of of, of characters who wish for death, um, Bojack Horseman <laughs> his uh, e has our first question. Bojack Horseman has recently finished, and it had such a strong run. It's one of the best shows I've watched, yet I can't seem to get any of my friends to watch it. How the hell do you get people to watch a depressing dramedy about a dysfunctional has-been horse actor? How do you recommend Dad and Sons to normal people? I don't think you can. <laughs> to normal people? I don't think you can. Like, are you, you talking about you... like people who are Wait. just don't want to understand that? Like, I don't know, can't can't handle watching something slight. Well, not slightly depressing, very depressing. Slightly, yeah. You never, yeah. You, you, you never tell them about what it's about. What you do is you get them to watch Arrested Development, and then you say, you know, Will on that that guy, Job. Well, imagine him. As an alcoholic, dysfunctional horse actor. Whoa! No way! And that you was Job. You should watch you it, know? and they'll be like, "Whoa, that sounds really funny!" And then they'll watch it, and they'll be like, "Oh, I did not know that was Gob Bluth this whole time." Yeah, <laughs> you didn't know it was Will Arnett, Job. No, Bluth. I didn't yeah. know that who that's who Will Arnett was. I'm really face blind, you guys. Like all, all these white people look the same to me. Lego, oh. Lego Batman, <laughs> come on. I Wait, I, that, I could that probably Arrested development joke because May... a guy in Arrested Development has face blindness as well. No, I literally actually do have face face blindness. Like like which one's Matt? <laughs> <laughs> I um actually had a conversation where I was recommending BoJack to someone, and I described it as a show that gets way more real than it has any right to be. That it um has a surprisingly informed, well consulted outlook yes. on depression and, and mental illnesses, and can actually be probably very eye opening and helpful for a lot of viewers in that I, way. I, but at the same time, you kind of want to save it for for a time in your life where you might be stable enough to handle that that sort of depression porn, because no one wants to like pornography depression but but bojack is scarily close to being depression porn i don't think it's just someone that, i don't think it's just depressing i think there's a lot of not. deep thought there 
Yeah, a lot of a lot development of about how these about characters grow things. and mature and change. And there's wonderful foils and c- contrasts between like Bojack and Mr. Peanut Butter and how all of these those two characters represent different parts of their psyche and each other's psyche. And and also how insanely relatable it feels to me. Like I think that's what what got me sucked in was how um as as a washed up internet celebrity myself, right? I I felt an intense connection with a lot of the struggles he he would be going through, and it was it was informative and and helpful and surreal and interesting to see that explored in a show that also is full of a lot of cute wholesome wordplay and animal jokes sometimes yeah i i showed a friend the um underwater film festival episode and it was the only bojack episode they ever saw but they said at the end that, that it seemed beautiful yes. and i noticed at the time oh, i was also, just thinking about that episode yeah that episode also feels like like what happens when when kids grow up watching spongebob and mm-hmm. then grow up to make their own cartoons for adults because it follows it has a lot of the same humor mm-hmm. and a lot of the same beats and throws the character in a lot of similar situations where a parody of life will happen while a lot of cute wholesome animal jokes get like peppered in along the way i think i think the cute wholesome aspect of it is something that not enough people talk about because it also does feel really warm and fuzzy a lot of times yes a lot that's what i'm saying it's 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 not just depressing it i mean there's there's definitely more depressing but i i feel like if you like deep thought you would enjoy bojack horseman the thing about normal people normal people want to watch reruns of the office that's 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 what they want to do they don't want to watch bojack horseman you could you could try you could try, but most of the time they would just kind of like give up after a few episodes. I've seen that so many times. I was like, Bojack Horseman. And they just like, eh, I'd rather watch the new episode of The Mandalorian. You know, it's like, you know, they follow they follow the crowd. I mean, they're both good. And I've heard a lot of normies get into Bojack. What, I, what I've heard them say, though, is that the first season is the weak one. And I didn't feel that. I didn't feel that either. Yeah, I, I I got I got sucked in like right at episode two. Mm. You could slowly, slowly like uh, I don't know, like first give them something that's only a little bit depressing, like work them up to it, and then they, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could probably do that. Ooh, but. also I think it's really interesting how the show plays with continuity. How shit that you forgot about from two seasons ago will suddenly be the big issue of this season finale. Mm-hmm. And it's in, in a way that makes sense, that, that might remind you of something you forgot about in your own life from two years ago that comes back to haunt you. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's good. It's how do good. we how do we answer the second question then? Uh, uh, how do you recommend Dan Sons to normal people? Matt, Poorly. You're the, you're the normal one. <laughs> no. he is i think no. i think he means normies like people who uh, but we already answered that i answered that i i love that that term has now become mainstream enough that it was just like a parody of how isolated and specialized everyone's personality has become in the internet age yeah. you know everyone knows what a normie is so what does that say about normal people if normal people know that there is a stereotype referring 
to like obnoxiously normal people. Yeah, it's not wrong. It's not wrong with normal or yeah, know, going home and normal. playing Call Congratulations. of Duty and Fortnite. There's nothing wrong with that stuff. You're you're, you're fitting right in. <laughs> how how in the world would you watch Dad and Sons? You don't have if you don't if you don't like watching like depressing stuff. I I, don't, I I hate calling it depressing because I feel like it's more than that. But like, if you don't want to watch that, if you can't handle it, then it's fine. Like, it has it's, highs. It's not, there's something and wrong it has with lows. It. This is the wrong with not watching Bojack the Horseman. You don't need to watch it before you die. I'm glad I watched it. It's one of my favorite shows of all time. Absolutely. You know what? That's that is how I would recommend Dad and Sons to normal people. I would say, you know what? You don't need to listen to Dad and Sons before you die. But if you want to listen to a podcast before you die, <laughs> listen to a Dad and Sons podcast. If you want to join a beautiful community of dads, sons, mothers, and daughters before you die. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, next question is from Matt S. Uh, they say, I recently got into Zwift, which is a stationary exercise bicycling app. One of the sort of situations where you plug your phone up to an exercise bike and it plays a little video of a biker cycling past beautiful countryside. Uh, I know you enjoy gimmick controllers, so I thought you might find this interesting. I bought a $700 roller for my back wheel. It connects to the game and changes the resistance and amount of effort you have to put in depending on a simulated gradient. I think there is a shoe dongle for runners, too, because I often see those in games. Do you think it even counts as a game? They're referring to the exercise app. Do you think it even counts as a game? There's no story, only fitness progression and unlocks. It has a real-time multiplayer race feature, but the result is much more down to your IRL fitness than your skill at playing the game. In that sense, it probably has a greater claim to being an eSport than games you'd usually associate with that word. That sounds dope. This is a good-ass question. Yeah, yeah. This absolutely looks like a game. Yeah, yeah. I I would also see no reason not to say that either. I I don't. I never like it when people try to limit the definitions of video games. Is 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 Ring Fit Adventure a a game? He they they say. Do you think it even counts as a game? There's no story, only fitness progression and unlocks. But that describes a lot of music rhythm games and puzzle games and Mm. multiplayer action games. I play Magic the Gathering. There's no fucking story to that. And if you, if a lot of VR games like have a threshold of progress that requires contorting your body into weird poses, then that is just as valid a way of interfacing with a game as is any else because games kind of sort of began as sports. So this is like a weird exercise MMO. Dude, this makes me want to buy a bike. (laughs) Just yeah. wait out the apocalypse, dude. Oh my god. Yeah, dude, just get fit while cycling at home. Yeah, just in front of a window so morning. you get your D. Gotta get your D, kids. Make sure you, you open the window during your. Oh god, I'm imagining a horrifically dystopic future where there's so many people living on Earth and they're so germy that everyone spends their whole lives indoors. That's definitely a novel that I'm sure has been written in the Cold War. <laughs> so, so, okay. So we get. We get a a uh, we get the Zwift app with the bike, yeah, and then get yeah. the 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 special um, exercise version of the Oculus with switchable pads, right? Right. Right. And then we're 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 doing a VR it. treadmill. 
We're um, we're you know, it. where where you slide your feet around the little hole in the ground. No, 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 we're riding a bike, so it doesn't really matter. Oh, well, well what if I want to run alongside the bikes? Right, <laughs> <No. laughs> <laughs> that would be so cool. I I think you will get sick, but it would be so cool. Definitely get sick. Uh, Absolutely get I mean, sick. <laughs> we will all be soon anyway. Mm. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Look who's depressing now. What is? Look there... who sank to my level, dude. I think there's. A, I think there's actually an esports, guys. Yeah. Really? Yeah. This is a tour. There was a, a tour, and it has about forty three. 43,000 views. And it's just a bunch of people doing it. Oh, yeah, my Zwift God. Yeah, Zwift E-Racing Championships. Oh, my God. This is a thing. We're discovering live on air that stationary bike races that use the app to to track your progress is, a, is an eSport with a commentator and a set. <laughs> Holy shit, yeah. What a Riff weird time. E- E-Racing Championships. Gosh, this is no. This is cute. Way. This is so cute. Oh, there they are in the background. And this is amazing. <laughs> the camera is slowly panning across a set of of dudes in in latex. Just or can... what is it? Lycra? Lycra? What is what is that that skin tight material that Flanders wears when he goes skiing? Oh, and all the chat is talking about how how fit and in shape everyone looks. Not like the usual esports. <laughs> oh my god! It is. I wonder if they have their own bikes. Oh, they do. Can you control <laughs> the way where the bike goes? Is it? Yeah. Bluetooth? Is there like can... some some special engineering, some fine tuning? How because do they make sure that everyone's bike is on the same biking. specs? Right, you can't touch. How, the do they, how do they know they're not cheating? No, well, I this mean, this is amazing. This is this is on BT Sport in the UK. This is like a real sport. Exercise, not bike races. Exercise bike races. People literally have commentators and shit for this. In any case, uh, yeah. Uh, the question: Do you think this counts as a game? Yes. Yeah. Um. D- in that sense, fuck? it probably <laughs> has so a greater confused. claim to be an esport than games usually. Does this count as an esport? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, it does. I mean, I, again, like, it, like, by the strictest definition of the word, why wouldn't it? It's a sport and it's electronic. Oh, dude, I kind of want to get this. Oh, my God. Well, thanks for showing us Zwift, Matt yeah. S. <laughs> $400 later. <laughs> Yo, guys. That, <laughs> blame Zwift. This was the most expensive episode of Dad and Sons in history. <laughs> that was a question that that suddenly got answered with a very resounding, unanimous, immediate, yes! That looks really cool! Looks that really, look really cool. <laughs> See, mats are I mean, cool. That's what it is. It's just mats. Yeah. Is is it, is it? Does it strike you guys as a little dorky though, or is that just me and my judgmental George ass? <laughs> I think that's you. Oh, okay. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Whatever. I'll I'll take that. I'll accept that. I'll I'll eat that plate of bullshit. Like someone literally has. You can make a setup. There's a setup video, and they have like 
it connected to a monitor in front of your bike. A big yeah, monitor. Yeah, that sounds about right. I wonder if they have a Skyrim level. Like, uh, how customizable are these these back shops? Oh my I god! Wonder. Okay, okay. Like, can you uh, can you bike through, through Aperture okay. Labs or something? <laughs> yeah, are there mods for Swift? Are there Swift mods? <laughs> I want to bicycle majestically next to a flock of Macho Man dragons on the mountains. There it is. <laughs>